0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Niche Podcast about the one thing that I know something about. Game shows, I suppose. I'm your host, Jordan Haas. This is a weird episode because this is two episodes in one, but not really, like, in one play. Like, same upload, but you pick your own order of when you want to listen to it. Because one's the chase, and the other one is pointless. (laughs) uh the reason we're doing two episodes in one go is because uh laziness i really should have just done one one week and one the other week but instead i decided to do pointless in the chase because if you heard already through the chase episode uh that we are doing this because it is Uh, A constant thing in the game show fandom in the UK, of which is the better game show between Pointless and The Chase, something that we do not have here in America, because we only have the Power 5 shows. Price is right, let's make a deal, Family Feud, Wheel of Fortune, and Jeopardy. I'm, I'm sure someone out there, someone's a really big fan of 25 Words or Less, or Cash Cab, and they're just stomping on their hat, fuming mad right now, but let's be honest... Those are the only active game shows. Everything else is kind of a limited run series of 8 to 10 episodes, and they're done. The closest you can get to that in America is maybe Wheel versus Jeopardy discourse, which is kind of weird because, well, one's Jeopardy and the other one's, you know, Wheel of Fortune. It's like comparing apples to hand grenades. You're just, there's clearly one winner on that, and it's Jeopardy. Sorry if you're a big fan of Hangman or whatever, but it's just not my, it's not really a good comparison. So, in Britain, because game shows are on almost every channel in some capacity, uh, there's a lot more variety, especially in quiz formats. In America, there's only one quiz show, inactive, which is, right now, as we speak, Jeopardy!, Although some game shows in prime time, like Pri- uh, Press Your Luck, uh, maybe you can even argue Common Knowledge, and Masterminds on GSN, they all have a trivia question aspect to the show, and they're quiz-based. But quizzing is a much more British uh, thing. I mean, it's not bar trivia, it's pub quizzes. And pub quizzes have been a thing for a long, long time in Britain. Almost a full century at this point from when I'm gathering with my research so there's a ton of quiz shows in britain you have your university challenge you have mastermind you have the chase which we talked about you have a uh, tipping point you have uh tenable which i don't which is kind of i guess a quiz show maybe it's by, it's hosted by Warwick Davis, which is I, which is a great casting choice, and if you must say it, I guess pointless is a quiz show. Oh wait, and, and only connect. And oh, wait a minute, I think about Bringsby's family. Wait 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 now, now now I mention that too, then that goes to all the trivia question based game shows, including ones that have only lasted one season like Freeze Out and uh, The Edge and Switch. And one thousand one things you should know. That I, I'm gonna, I, five minutes to a fortune. Uh thousand heartbeat. Like I, I, I'm going to have a meltdown if I had to go through all the quiz shows again, in Britain. And I think the problem is because America doesn't really have many new quiz formats or many new game show formats in America. Everyone in the game show fandom loves to do British shows because there's always like a new format almost every month. Uh, where in America, like let's see, Hot Ones, the game show, is one I can think of. Uh, also, most likely, Don't came out. It's a, a unique original idea. And for the UK, there's dozens, like Catch Point, for instance, and Five Gold Rings, and the Cube. And and a big problem with modern game shows, and because this is a paywall episode, I know this is on Patreon. So if you didn't get this legally. Man, I'm I'm fuming and mad. I'm wagging my finger at you. You're supposed to be getting this for Patreon. A big problem with modern-day game shows. It doesn't matter what country you come from, but mostly America and the UK and a few other formats like the Netherlands and Israel. Uh, it's show business. It's Hollywood, as we speak. And it's capital. Capitalism also would play an active role. So uh just like how an animation i like to think of just different shows like tv shows and animation and soap operas and that i like think animation a lot of animated shows these days is not just having a good cartoon doesn't matter the talent or the craft of the animator or the writing of the show what matters is the long game in animation Uh, can we, uh, what is the import rights? Can we sell this to Japan? Will people from other countries enjoy the show? And not only that, can we license this to make Funko Pops and t-shirts and Hot Topic merch? That's kind of the animation industry. A lot of TV shows are kind of facing that similar thing is, we can't just air this on CBS or NBC or Fox. We need to make sure this gets another deal. Can this go on global? Can this go to... Uh, channel four in the uk what other networks can we get to do this one show international distribution and international uh rights to a series have become the name of the game especially in the world of game shows we've already talked about package deals before uh where it's how modern game shows can have all these big a-list actresses like Elizabeth Banks or getting Jamie Foxx to do Beach Shazam. That's because they do package deals where they have a producer, they have the the host who's the big celebrity, and then they have a negotiation with the format. So, for instance, uh, the, the people behind Fremontal, who've made X, Y, and Z shows, uh, is working with Elizabeth Banks and their, and their production team to reboot Press Your Luck she gets EP credits, which gives her a big share of the uh, the budget to the show, which is millions upon millions of dollars, and she also gets to host. Next time you are ever watching a TV show, just look at the end credits and count the amount of producers on this show, especially EP credits, because it gets to the point where there's like seven or eight. I don't think many of them have any control. They just want the money from this. So when it comes to a game show nowadays, it's not just you have to just be happy with it being a successful show in your respective country. This needs to be bought and sold much like any other TV show. So they're looking for the next wipeout. They're looking for the next deal or no deal who wants to be a millionaire because they want to have that successful big-name primetime game show. They want the successful game show, and they're going to – Basically do the equivalent of throw at the wall and hope something sticks. And many of them are terrible. I don't think you can really license out Spin the Wheel or the Wall. Although they did. There's a UK version. There's an Australian version. There's a Russian version. I guess it worked. Something like like Wipeout OK makes sense. Well, they're doing it in Argentina. So that's how they're going to get away with it. There's big sets. Go Go film in Argentina. They see how much money Millionaire made on a global basis, and they think, I can do that. I want to make the next game show. And yes, many of them suck. Game Show Network, you can almost pretty much read the room on that. Their new strategy as of like three years ago, with America Says Common Knowledge, Get a Clue, and all that is basically, let's do a game show as cheaply as possible, That we can make for as many episodes as we like because we own the rights to the show. No other company makes it. And then with these episodes, we can sell it off to streaming platforms like Netflix. Or we can sell it off to syndication so it becomes a big show. Because once it gets into syndication, we'll be in the money. It's a really uh, backwards way of looking at a game show. Uh, I don't have the same mindset as a good chunk of these weirdos in the game show world especially in production. To me, I think a game show, if you are a mastermind of making good game shows, you should either be the showrunner at the show or you hire somebody who has the exact same vision you have for that show to run that fucking game show. And make sure that you don't you repeat the process again and again and again and it has the same outcomes or different outcomes based on what the rules were. Enough to keep audiences keep watching the same game with different players. That's how you know you have a successful game show. Jeopardy has not really done any gimmicks other than Tournaments of Champions and Celebrity Jeopardy. Other game shows like 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 Wheel of Fortune, it's Father-Daughter Week on Wheel of Fortune. It's Food Fanatics Week on Wheel of Fortune. Or if it's The Price is Right, you get your College Rivals shows. It's, it's gimmick after gimmick, or if it's Wipeout, we have to make sure this happens, or this cross-promotion, and it gets to a point where you just dip out, because you know that they really are trying to go with new gimmicks. Uh, like the Super Drop on the Wall, will, will that excite you? Would the fact that Jane Lynch has now a backyard entice you to keep watching Hollywood Game Night? When you modify the game, people eventually just fizzle out and stop watching it. Unless it is a necessary change to liven up the game, which, which today's game show actually has, which is pointless. Gimmicks make or break a show and is a huge gamble. And a lot of show producers, uh, they were good for me one season, two seasons, and then out comes the gimmicks and it becomes just unwatchable. So much so, I just think they should just pull the plug and cancel it. Uh, Here's a hint. Here's a good hint. If you're doing a game show, and then later in the series run, you see celebrity attached to it, that's a last-ditch attempt to bring the show into relevancy. Every game show has done that. There's Celebrity Family Feud celebrity price is right they even celebrity price is right but the gimmick was the celebrities on stage the whole time playing for the player and they win the cash equivalents you had a uh, celebrity jeopardy which always works because it's fun but now they have like power players week which is just celebrity jeopardy but with washington dc and news reporters they even did a celebrity uh wheel of fortune out in the 90s i don't think they ever did that again weird because if you consider how much money they throw at the show in hopes people watch that would be a no-brainer to do it these days but i'm just talking about my problems with american broadcasting this is bbc by the way this is uh this is licensed owned game shows a a tv license in bbc means that they can use that money to create the game show pointless fun fact uh kurt bronholer had a show on ifc called bunk Where it was like a precursor at midnight where comedians would do hilarious laugh-out-loud comedy jokes. And then uh, the early title was going to be Pointless instead of Bunk. But they couldn't do it because they found out that Britain has a game show called Pointless. This is that game show. This game show has been on for over a decade now. Since 2009, I think? 2009? And my biggest problem when it comes to this show is that the fandom... Of game shows really loves to say the phrase reverse family feud, which I can only see when you when you hear we they asked a 100 people like that's the only thing I can think of when it comes to this is a family feud knockoff is the we asked we gave 100 people 100 seconds to name and then a subject. To me, this is the opposite of Family Feud, which I guess is reverse, but at the same time, Family Feud is, is something like, name something you take with you to the beach, uh, name a place you go on a first date, fill in the blank, I like my man's 12-inch what? There isn't going to be a category on pointless where it's just types of balls. Cause the appeal of family feud is that yes, you eventually get you get the obvious answers out of the way first, but then we dip out and now you go into ridiculous territories of what do five people might say. And you say something really stupid and, and silly that the host who's mostly a comedian will make fun of that answer and then is it on the board, ding, or eh. that's that's not pointless at all. Pointless is more like golf. You're supposed to get pointless answers. You get points based on how many people of the 100 people given 100 seconds uh, gave on a list. For instance, if 35 people uh, knew that uh, Eeyore was a character in the Winnie the Pooh books, you would get 35 points. But then if for some reason they forgot about Roo. you know, Kinga and Roo. Uh, that's a pointless answer and you will get zero points I don't think room is a pointless answer I'm just saying out of like the sake of what is it so each round is played with pairs of contestants so it's always a 2v2 v2 v2 game and they're all they're mostly with a pre-existing relationship best friends roommates brother sister brother father son you know, the, the usual kind of suspects when it comes to a couples based game show and in each round one of those four teams will be eliminated from the game it is played with three rounds of play and then the bonus round in round one the object is of each of the four peop- four teams to get the lowest score to get the lowest score they have to fill in the blank uh, on on a category. For instance, uh, uh, current rides at Disney World. Disney World is, is is the category. So any theme park ride or exhibit at Disney World, and then we get to go to the pointless uh, friend Richard Osman, who has to clarify what they mean by a ride or attraction. When we mean a ride or attraction at Disney World, we are talking about any single rider or group ride which involves an amusement of some kind or an exhibit such as a walk around museum or stage a show. This is all according to Disney.com updated as of April 2018. Therefore, Galaxy's Edge is not included on this list. Neither is Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. But this includes all of the theme parks, including water parks. And then you'll get through the, the introductions. Hey, how's it going? It's so-and-so. and This is so-and-so. Wow. how oh, Well, blah, bubba bubba blah, 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 Give me your answer. All right. Uh, I'm going to say uh, the, the Splash Mountain. Splash Mountain. All right. Uh, Is it up there? And if so, how many of the 100 said Splash Mountain? Then you see the big cylinder on set, which looks like a giant cylinder, but a video cylinder that looks like little uh, tokens are flying out of the cylinder to replicate one person didn't say that. So you'll see a little light grid go, and then, kapsh. 78 people have said that. Yes, Splash Mountain was one of the most popular attractions there. Uh, fun fact, da 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 da, da. And then it goes to Team 2, then Team 3, then Team 4. And then the fun part. They switch positions so the other player, the partner, gets to go next. And that means it goes 4, then 3, then 2, then 1. If you say a ride that is not on the board, back to the future of the ride okay is it up there some people said it you'll see a big red x and that is almost the mark of shame on pointless because not only is it not on the board uh it's also uh dangerous because you score 100 points on most game shows you want to get points on this show you don't want points and 100 points is 100, the maximum amount of people who can give any answer at any given time. So once there's been eight responses, obviously you'll see the scores, and there'll be something like 86, 72, 34, 119. Uh, when it gets to that second background, you'll see also a bar, by the way, that will tell you, like, what is, if you can make it past this little boundary bar, you are guaranteed to go through to the next round which is the threshold necessary based on scoring at the given time. Uh, so whoever has the highest score, like the team has 119, they are off the show and they're eliminated. But because this is BBC and I guess they believe in second chances, if this was their first time on Pointless, they get a second chance at redemption on the very next episode. If this was their second attempt uh, being on Pointless, well, unfortunately, uh, this was their last go around. So round of applause to so-and-so. We go into round two with three teams, and you guessed it, we repeat the process again. But this time with a new category, uh, for the sake of making this seem even easier, we're going to make this what is now the new common rounds of Pointless, which is trivia. Now, in the first season and onwards, it was kind of just, you know, name a country in that's, that's actually in the United Nations, or... Uh, name any actor who has appeared in Doctor Who or name any uh, of the vice presidents of the United States but now it'll be something different so it will be like our category is for this next round books all right books I need everyone to decide who's going first in this round right books the category in the subject of books is authors of prize-winning books they'll be giving you the initials of the author and the title of the book you just have to come up with the full name and there's always going to be maybe like six seven or eight responses on the board uh giving everybody fair play even though because it's three in this round There's only gonna be three chosen, so most likely be six, six to be to be given. So you'd be seeing something like uh, Animal Farm, G O. And of course, of the 100 people, they have to write George Orwell, for instance. Uh, To Kill a Mockingbird, H L. Harper Lee. The Da Vinci Code, D B and so on, and so on. Of course, you don't know how many people got the answer right, but now you have to pick which is the question you want to answer, give the correct answer, and if that's the correct response, how many of the 100 people not only got it right, but said that response. As always, pointless answers are important because you get zero points, but I think it's at this point I should probably bring up the incentive to also give a pointless answer. If at any point you give a pointless answer, uh, the prize at the end of the episode goes up. Uh, So if the price started at 1,000 pounds, which it always does, it's 1,000 pounds, which is the equivalent of a few hundred dollars American at this point. Like, I don't know how the currency works. I'm pre-recording this. $500 American, maybe. (laughs) $500 American. Uh, So... It goes up 250 more pounds, so 1,000 becomes 1,250. You get two pointless answers, that's 1,500. Whoa, big money, big stakes on the show. Uh, Of course, that rarely happens on the show, but hey, it's okay. It'll be fine because the money will go up if it's not won at the end of the show. So it could be 18,000 if there's a lot of people not winning pointless in the course of... 18 episodes, which is about a month. So, anyway, uh, rules still play like they do in round one. Uh, player, player, player with the six set. And then it's like, well, let's fill in the rest of the answers. Were any of them pointless? And Richard Osman in the dictionary corner uh, will say all the answers and how many people said. If you said this, that's 47. If you said this, that's 18. And if you said this, uh it was only four people. Good luck for the, anyone at home who has said that what a great answer that was. All right. Whoever has, the lowest, whoever has the highest score at the end of that round obviously is eliminated. And then we move on to round 3. It's the head to head round. Now in the original first season it was kind of like uh you pick something and then you go down that many based on how many people said it. Serdio is basically like a chess clock. But in this new version, which has been the one since, like, season two onwards, it's the best two out of three on any given category. So you might get uh, audio, name the song being played. Uh, You might get photo images of famous uh, people who've won, like, distinguished awards, like BAFTAs, and you have to name them. Or it's always, like, visual clues. Usually in the final round, it's all visual of some capacity but unlike the other rounds now they get to work as a team so now they can actually confer with each other going like well i think we should probably go with so-and-so because that might be the lowest are you sure that's so-and-so yeah no no so-and-so but it could be this but i know but that one might be more have more points we should probably go with that all right we'll go with number three and we'll say it's this all right is is that correct and if so how many people have said that 43. All right, other team, if you can beat 43, you get the point. First to get to two points uh, wins the game, and they get the all illustrious, the grandest prize of all the pointless trophy. Bum, bum, bum. Now, in the first couple of seasons, they really made a mockery of the trophy. Because they made it look so tiny, but they had all the grand entrance to it. And it made it feel like, like like just like a joke. Like, this is stupid. This is a stupid little piece of guest glass that has the engraving that looks like the pointless uh, point, uh, token counter. I'm calling it the token counter. It could just be point markers. I, I, I don't know what the hell they'll call it on that show. The point markers. That little scale with the little floating uh, discs. That's your little pointless trophy. And you know what? That might make a very great paperweight on a desk one day. But now the team has won the show and they have the right to win that illustrious jackpot which currently stands at 1,000 pounds. Woo. To get their hands on that money, all they have to do is do the same thing they have been trying to do the entire episode get a pointless answer but this time around not only can they confer they also get the chance at picking the category as well in the last version of the show which is the one i can only vividly remember at this point there's four different categories and then of the four categories there's three different uh groups so you can pick geography you could pick music you can pick television Or you can pick, uh, I don't know, let's go with uh, art. All right, music. I want you, and your three choices are, and you can pick any of the three. uh, Any song that has been performed by David Bowie, any song that has been performed by Billy Idol, or any song that has been performed by Bruce Springsteen you will then have just 60 seconds to come up with three attempts and any one of the pointless answers that fall into any of those three categories this is the part where it kind of helps to be on uh, to discuss with a microphone on so you can talk this out but for some people on the show they kind of forget that you are the only ones left on stage and they really want you to talk so instead of going like well you know rebel yell me you know we could do a cover pick a cover song we do a cover song that work uh yeah what, what songs did did billy idol cover i i think he he covered the David Bowie, well, you can do Space Audit. Well, Space Audit is a popular song. I don't know if people... I got it. How about the Dance Match Dance song from The Labyrinth? That might work. Maybe we'll try that. Well, okay, what else? But instead of that, which only occurs maybe once every eight episodes, you get the all-illustrious... all illustrious... hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Awkward silence. Time's up. All right. I need a pointless answer. All right. Here's your three. In the order from what you think is least pointless to most pointless, what would you do? And then they would, of course, go through the ring Let's see if so and so is pointless. Four. So close. Try again with this one. Is this pointless? Blue, 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 blue. Seven not no we need this last one to be a pointless. Is this pointless? It's pointless, you just won one thousand pounds. Ba ba and we go back to Richard Osman at the at the dictionary corner desk with his fake laptop. that's not even a real laptop. No matter how many times I wish it was, it wasn't. Even, it doesn't even. It's not even a real laptop. It doesn't even turn on. So he just has all these facts on his little little piece of paper. Going, oh, did you know that? Oh, did you know that? Did you know? I did not know that, Richard. Maybe you should look it up online, on or in a virtual encyclopedia set on the computer. Oh, oh, sorry, we don't. Uh, if they fail, however, the jackpot, which was at 1,000, goes up an extra 1,000 pounds. So next episode, they play for 2,000 pounds, then 3,000, then 4,000, and so on and so forth until it's won. They won't be coming back, though. They've already uh, been eliminated from the, from the pointless house. So, a new team will will replace them, along with anyone who hasn't gone uh, a second time around. Next time on Pointless. I know I'm rambled about the format so much, but it's such a good show. I know I just made fun of Richard Osman, but uh, Richard Osman is one of the best sidekicks you can have on the show. So, I didn't get into the... I, I got to the game format. Come up with the most obscure answers. It's basically like Sporkle the Game Show. Uh, Name U.S. states. Well, you can say California and Texas. That might be high. New York might be high. But saying something like South Dakota or Wyoming, that might be a little lower on the map. But the team is brilliant. It is uh, Richard Osman and Alexander Armstrong. They're the team behind it. So the hosts are two people, Alexander Armstrong and Richard Osman. Uh, this is one of the strangest uh, ways I can explain the show. So the original pitch to the show when it was in its development, I have to go through the whole storyline, is it was called Obviously. Because the joke is you're trying to pick the not obvious answers. Obviously. Oh, that obviously. That's the one people would say. And it's convinced by Tom Blakeson, Simon Craig, David Flynn, Nick Mather, Sean Perry, and a guy by the name of Richard Osman. But hmm. uh, They all work at Endemol in the UK. And this uh, pitch was Reverse Family Fortunes, where it was to reward obscure knowledge in certain areas while allowing people to give obvious answers as well, just so they don't end up screwing up. So it is a mix of highbrow, lowbrow. Uh, in terms of the subject matter, uh, a way for the show to be very smart and intelligent because you gave something that's totally obscure that I have no idea about, while also people just out of safety will say the obvious answer. So it can be this uh, this mix of like a, a populist kind of show as well. So countdown. Which I, I've already done the game shows, I suppose. Episode four, hopefully, at this point, was looking for a new presenter, and Alexander Armstrong was fit to do the bill. Uh, Armstrong and Miller is part of the comedy duo of Armstrong and Miller. I uh, think, like most, brand new comedy duos uh, of Ben Miller and Alexander Armstrong, and uh, I will probably say this in the fitting way: Alexander Armstrong. Should be typecast as that spy kind of role, you know. You know, like like when you always hear about in like spy movies, like uh, Agent So and So, your mission is to go to this and do the do the do, do. We hope you. We wish you all the luck here at the agency. That that almost is like what Alexander Armstrong's uh, ability to present his voice and his charm come out as it feels like you're watching like a a spy agency slash modern british cocktail lover wanting to just chat up about anything just because i want to fill an hour let's have some fun while he loves doing comedy acting he was kind of hesitant to do countdown which he was it was he was thinking of doing because he didn't want to be typecasted as a game show host Obviously, once you do a game show, it's kind of hard to step out of that without being known as the guy who did the one show. Of course, he did Have I Got News for You and Best of the Worst. Uh, Those were panel shows, so those weren't really comedy game shows as much as just set up punchline joke joke. Now we got to go back to Richard Osman. Richard Osman is a game show producer, and I mean that in the biggest way possible. Richard Osman has been working in game shows pretty much practically his whole life in television. In 1995, he was a program associate at, for Whose Line Is It Anyway? in the UK, the Clive Anderson Improv Game Show. Uh, then he was the creator in 1998 of If I Ruled the World, uh, which I should point out here. Uh, was a really fun trivia. It was a very fun political game themed game show based on politics, uh, which had Graham Garden from, uh, I'm sorry, having a clue and Jeremy Hardy as uh, team captains. And Clive Anderson also presented that the best way to describe the looks of Richard Osman. If Alexander Armstrong is guy who looks like he belongs in a spy movie as the guy to explain the mission. And we're all counting on you agents. uh, I would say that Richard Osman is Tall nerd. That's about it. You 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 see the stereotypical nerd character, right? With the glasses and, and the and the preppy look. Now add now add like eight eight feet. He's very tall. And he's tall and very smart. And I'm not even saying that just to be like joking, he really is very, very intelligent. And the fun thing is, he's a game show producer as well. He's created a few game shows like Prize Island. He uh, did Eight Out of Ten Cats. He really loves. He he was a he was an associate for Total Wipeout as well, uh, on over in, on BBC. So he works for for Endemol. He does all of these fun little formats uh, within Endemol UK, and. One of those shows he was pitching at a BBC was at the p- time pointless. Now imagine he's a game show producer. He's not a host. So he's just sitting on a little laptop computer, sitting on the sidelines, just presenting, thinking like, okay, we're gonna eventually hire out uh, our own little uh, you know, our own little Susie Dent or to just sit in here and give all the factoids to help everyone out. But I'm gonna be doing it right now and they did a mock version of the game in in the BBC offices and they loved the game at BBC uh, eventually they decided to get Alexander Armstrong for the job who agreed to do it not because i wanted to be a game show host but because he thinks this is just going to be like a it's just not going to be a big time game show this is just going to be a show that's kind of under the rug so I can still do all my projects. So, yes, I get a paid gig, but at the same time, I can do a funny game show, this funny panel show. It's no different than what David Mitchell will be doing. So, you know what? I'll do, I'll, I'll do the Pointless show. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. I'll be Mr. Pointless. Oh, fine. But seriously, no, pigeonholing is a big part of the industry, and it's one of the worst things, unless you really want to be typecasted as something, in which case that sometimes is your blessing. Depends. How much do you want to be part of uh, the celebrity squares? So BBC says yes. Okay, we're picking a Pointless. Uh, you have a presenter in mind? We'll probably get a couple people. Who do you have? Uh, any? But, okay, we'll do it, but on one condition here, I think Richard... You should be the sidekick, and of course, being the game show producer, because you guys think game show producers—they never want to be the host; they always want to be behind the scenes. And this is a guy who is is not an actor, he's not a presenter, he's not a comedian, none of that. He's just just tall guy who's just waiting, like going, wait, "We we got the show, but what? Wait, wait, what do you want me to do?" Uh, okay. I mean. I guess I'll do it. Maybe it's just temporary, but fine. I'll be the 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 behind-the-scenes guy. And so, you get one of the most charming people in the entire world of television and i mean charming in the most flattering way this is a guy where it feels like anywhere he goes is a walking cocktail party and i mean that in the most positive uplifting way like you want a party at alexander armstrong's house because it seems like it's just going to be very casual uh martinis and and just like let me load up some vinyl records and let's just dance for a few minutes and then have fun chat and he's just in there going like welcome to pointless the game where we're looking for the obscure where there's no wrong answers it's just all a lot of fun let me say hi to my pointless friend richard osmond and now richard osmond's in there and here's this guy in a little chair looking like you know like when your parents went to like p- I don't know. There might be parents here, you know, like when you had parent-teacher nights sometimes, and like you saw your parents in the school desk in like elementary school, and they're so tiny compared to their. <laughs> That's exactly what Richard Osman looked like, <laughs> an adult in a kid-sized desk on the first season. Hello, and of course he's 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 sitting there. He's like he knows the game because he's helped produce and develop the format but he's sitting there going like hi hey everyone What? and he's just sitting there like in the first season just really like awkward just sitting there like hi hi everyone just I'm going to say it as little as possible because I don't want to make an ass out of myself hi hello alright Richard so uh, we have a good game today yes we do uh, lots of fun challenges we've got all the stuff if they need information I'll give it when I need to of course and this is what happens alexander armstrong's thinking well this is like a this is like an afternoon show no one's really watching we're up against like four other game shows at this time uh, i guess i'm only going to be here for a series and this is an awkward f- guy who's just sitting there selling this game show like a kid trying to promote like like a board game hey guys come play this game called pointless i made it's fun Oh, well, this is great. Well, this is not going to last. And sure enough, it becomes an overnight sensation. The first show got over like a million views, and suddenly the word of mouth went on about Pointless, and it became one of the BBC's number one daytime shows. I'm not going to say ever, but it's right up there with Bargain Hunt and Ready Steady Cook. Uh, Pointless became a fantastic hit. People were watching it Monday through Friday. They were doing play along. Obviously, what is the most important part of a game show? Play along. So you'll see the questions, you see the categories, you see the possible answers, and you're just screaming, like this painter or this athlete or this musician or this team or this league, all of these different things. And you're just, because it's all this, this literal trivia stuff that's useless in fact pointless is the most trivia show out there because the whole point of pointless is to give the most useless answers you can think of because they're worth the most uh points in terms of zero you need the lowest score what's the equivalent of a hole in one a pointless answer and the bad and then because it became a successful good things and bad things came with it Good things and bad things are really weird. Uh, So first we'll do bad things. The bad thing is that Alexander Armstrong became a presenter. So yes, you're the pointless guy. So after you hosted pointless, I need you to try and host other game shows. Is that okay if you try and host other game shows, Alexander Armstrong? Uh, Sure. So then he created, there's shows like Epic Win on BBC One, where he's just trying to uh, do like stunt work, kind of like uh, you bet, or your face sounds familiar. Where he was a contestant, or Alexander Armstrong's big ask on Dave, or Prize Island, which was also created by Richard Osman. Uh, there was uh, he presented what one point Saturday Night the Palladium. Uh, there's don't ask me ask Bryn, and recently the comedy panel show The Imitation Game. Good thing is a lot of the shows that he later on to host uh, were all comedy-based, and that didn't stop there because he also ended up with other gigs. Uh, Some are based on BBC Productions, uh, but others, which I think is very fascinating, is he got one of the best gigs I could ever think of, sure. Sure. You could, say, you could say that Bradley Walsh, yeah, he wound up on Doctor Who. That's, that's neat. That's fantastic. But my friend Alexander Armstrong, uh, he's the voice of Danger Mouse. So to me, I think that is a much bigger role because he gets to voice one of the more iconic animated characters in history uh, for, for CBBC. And he has a voice that screams, Danger Mouse. <laughs> so because of the success of Pointless, which becomes his overnight sensation, Alexander Armstrong gets a few more gigs out of the way. He still gets to do comedy, so he's happy. Richard Osmond, on the other hand, he now has to suffer consequences from doing this. This is the weird part, because now he's juggling between being a game show producer and now being essentially a celebrity. Because being Richard Osman, the friendly sidekick on Pointless, you're now the Carol Volderman of the show, and Richard Osman is happy to go on anything. As long as, you know, it, it's a fun little show. So so he ends up on like catchphrase, celebrity catchphrase. Uh he will do he will do Taskmaster. He will do the game show Taskmaster. Anything where it, it's involving uh some sort of celebrity and they need a smart person similar to a chaser that would be richard osman and he is a a funny guy and to me i think i i think i'm jealous of anyone in the entire world i would probably say richard osman because he's a guy who creates game shows is pretty much a game show host in fact, he is now thanks to shows like Two Tribes, which he hosted a few years ago, and now uh, Richard Osmond's House of Games, which has become another big hit for BBC. We'll get to that in another episode, if I ever decide to do the Richard Osmond's House of Games paywall-exclusive Patreon episode. So he creates his own game shows. He's hosting game shows. He gets to be contestant on game shows uh, for fun and for 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 charity and he seems to be having the most fun because he's famous doing things he enjoys he loves game shows i'm not kidding this is a dude who can analyze a game show break it down to its parts and can understand the fundamentals of a game show even faster than i could i'm game shows i suppose guy i'm the guy who's rambling for an hour He would probably have just walked in and in for two minutes saying it's because you can talk, explain the answer. Uh, It's about knowing and not knowing things in a limited environment and it's play along factor with your friends and family. Done. And then leave. That's the kind of guy Richard Osman is. But with a very smart sense of humor as well. That this came as a surprise. He didn't go into it wanting to be a game show host. He didn't come into it expecting a celebrity. He was mortified, scared. You're the guy who's been working behind the scenes for 30 years of your life. You were a kid. Like, you were just out of university working in game shows. And now here you are presenting a game show. You are now the face of game shows in production and on camera now. And I think that is something very very legendary now i have to do one more thing just because i want to because everyone knows if one thing you numb know, I maybe mean, i love the work of charlie brooker i i've i've read his screen burn columns uh tv go home screen wipe, all that because he worked because that show was uh emetron a- production on endemol that was an Endemol show uh there was a spin-off panel game show called you have been watching it was all tv trivia in a panel game format, and that was hosted by Charlie Brooker uh, from Endemol, and Richard Osman also served as an executive producer on that show as well. I think this game show works on so many levels. It's a very simplistic set. There is one monitor. In early seasons, it looks like a very like classic game showy light grid, and then a the little TV monitor inside. There is the little. Uh, prize the 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 point tower which looks like modern tech then on the side is just kind of like just little podiums just four little podiums of monitors on them that's it so I thought it was a very simplistic set it's but it's one that's simplistic yet fitting for pointless I feel like the set being so small and being, it feels more casual, and I don't really say that about most game shows ever, it feels like an intimate game show, pointless, it doesn't feel like huge, because it doesn't feel like big money, huge stakes, million dollar extravaganza game show, it just feels like, uh, it feels like the exact same game that was probably pitched at a office table, but on a stage. Like it's the same game where I'm sure they that you could play the board game version and it's nearly identical. It, it, it's just you're never gonna ever win a thousand pounds or three thousand two fifty. Uh and I think that's something that I really like. The chase, it's all about the money. Chase is like, here's eight thousand win or lose. And then, obviously, most likely we'll lose because the chaser is really smart. On Pointless, the stakes are very low. It's like maybe 2,000 pounds. Can you win the 2,000 pounds? That's enough money for maybe a bus pass. Hooray! (laughs) What are you going to do with that money? Buy groceries. Okay. (laughs) That it's very low stakes and therefore, I can play along a little better and not feel bad if someone loses if that makes sense if they like are out of the game i'm not going oh no they're not gonna get like a chance at a hundred thousand none of that no ten thousand pounds either unless the jackpot's at ten thousand pounds so the play along factor is there you hear the category and you're coming up with maybe a couple obscure answers to see how it goes. And thankfully, at the end of each round, Richard Osman will tell you what the pointless answers are. So he'll say like, the most popular, if you said so, so, and so, those were the highest. That was 86, that was 52, this was 23. Let's list off a few others here. Here are the pointless answers. If you said this or this or this, well well done, if you're playing at home. Richard Osman saying that that, that well done if you're playing at home, that is classic game show, not just that classic game show producer, because he's well aware a game show like Pointless is best played if you're playing along at home. So get your piece of paper, scream out your answer, whatever you feel like, because he knows that's what you're, you're doing too. You're, you're, you're playing to see how the score is, but you're also wanting to see how, how well you do on the same trivia questions. And the variety in the categories and how it's either something that fits a certain genre, like music, albums, top 100, top 50, top 20, uh, most searched items on Google in 2019. The categories are limitless in, in this area. And anyone who's been a fan of, of trivia, of just naming things on a list, this is fun because it's very obscure trivia. But you can also just say the obvious answer just to save yourself the embarrassment of saying something wrong and get 100, which also adds the factor to pointless, where if you just say a middle-of-the-road answer, yeah, you might get like 40 points, but is that better than taking a risk on a possible pointless knowing you can get the red X in 100 and might be out of the game? And they're well aware because of the relatively low prize budget, shall we say, They're willing to be more lighthearted. It's not as serious as other game shows want to be. It's, like I said, casual. And to me, I think that's why I like this show. It's just so living room. It's a very living room game show, which I appreciate on multitude of levels, while still having interesting technology in a simplistic format of find the most obscure answer. That's it. Of course, they would end up doing special episodes of Pointless with celebrities, but I like what they did is instead of just calling it Celebrity Pointless, they flipped it and called it Pointless Celebrities to add to the comedy nature of the show, Uh, because once again, you're calling celebrities Pointless now, and that's kind of... A nice uh, funny uh, inversion of what we typically see in a lot of these shows and the celebrity pointless specials it's just uh, usually they break them up into different subjects these are all sitcom stars or soap opera stars or uh, people who have uh, guested on this show writers authors and they just put them in different teams so it's always eight people And they work from there. I like that a lot, too, because you end up uh, seeing, like, it's almost like a who's who. And... What I like is that later seasons, they bring back famous, their favorite people. And Richard always goes, reminds them like, so-and-so has been in the final round twice. And this could be a third time. This will be fantastic. So-and-so has already been on the show. Not only that has won a pointless and got the jackpot of two and a half thousand pounds. That's impressive. Whoa. That it becomes sort of like a a sport event in, in a way where it's like, yeah, we know we're repeating our, our people. Who cares? This is fun. <laughs> this is really relatively low stakes. They're playing for charity, obviously, but it, it, it's just a game where you're trying to come up with obscure answers to weird subjects. And to me, that's what I love about Pointless. Uh, and now I get to talk about American Pointless. Pointless, I don't know if it's in other countries at the moment. I should probably have looked that up before I recorded this episode. Oh, well, but I do know that they attempted to do an American version of Pointless for the game show network. Uh, if I know correctly, I, I was I'm, I can't say anything like that I don't know, but I, from what I'm gathering, They were doing run-throughs of pilot episodes and they were getting contestants and a couple of the people who are working on that show know who I am and they know I love Pointless and they were trying to get me on to be on the show, but I don't have partners. I'm a lonely person who lives at home with my mom. It was sick and I like game shows. Not going to happen. I'm a lonely guy. Uh, So I I screwed up. I couldn't go and play American Pointless, even if it was just in an office at Game Show Network, which sucks. But from what I gather, their plan was $50,000 top prize, which is big money, but not really uh, that obscure when it comes to a game show in America. Uh, And they were going to play it just like Pointless for an hour, I think. But from what I heard, not from the producers, but from other people, the Game Show Network execs found it too confusing. What do you mean, obscure answers? Why not, for when you don't get, you get points, and the more points, can we have money attached? It was apparently one of the more frustrating game shows I, if I was there, I'd probably be gasping, like, what the hell's going on? Uh, which is why game shows are sometimes one of the weirdest industries to work for. So here, <laughs> here's how I would end up doing Pointless. If I had a say in the game show Pointless, have you ever heard of the show Pointless? Hi. Uh, here is how I would do Pointless. If I was doing an American version of Pointless, I would get rid of the teams and make it single players. So it's only 4 people per episode. 4 becomes 3 becomes 2 becomes 1 and it follows the same logic as Pointless. Only now it's only one chance. You only have one shot at it. So we get to introduce our players and that's the and the turn order is selected at random before the show. We get our board of 8. You know, like on the show, the eight trivia questions. We'll give you the name of something, you fill in the blank, or we give you the initials, you tell me what the title is, and it's it's just it's just sudden death. Whoever has the lowest score uh, survives, and whoever has the highest score is out of the game. By doing pairs, even though there is a chance at redemption, uh, and that is, and the couple part is a good part of the show. I think that only works if we're doing an hour-long game show. When I'm looking at Pointless, I'm thinking syndicated half-hour, which is which is a crux, and I understand that. But I think only you can do the entire show in 20 minutes and be fine. So you get your four, the category board of eight. Of the four people, one will be eliminated, becomes three. We do the process again with a new subject, uh, with a board of six. Once again, just like in round one, whoever has the most obscure answer uh, gets the least amount of points. If you have the most, if you pick the least obscure or you get X's, you get the 100 points. Uh, And then we go into the final round. With the final round, you get to see uh, it's, it's just one chance, no two out of three, just one chance And it's always a category, so a U.S. state, a movie starring Tom Hanks. As we approach the final part of Pointless where it becomes categories, whoever wins the final Pointless goes on to the final round where they have a chance to win the jackpot. The jackpot sits at $10,000 and goes up $5,000 for every Pointless found in the course of the show. And if they fail in the final round, $10,000 is added for the next episode. So it becomes 20000 then 30000 35000 maybe if there's a point 40000 So in the final round, you get your choice of only two subjects. And that subjects are very obscure. It's going to be something that's like you want A or B, and these are your two. Not getting four, you're only getting two. Simplify the game, make it faster. And then you will have 30 seconds because you can't really confer, so you can talk this out to lock in your three responses to what you think is pointless. We put them on the board and we do that same kind of dramatic reveal to see if you won the jackpot. If you win, congratulations, you win the jackpot. If you fail, oh well. Here is the only thing I will change about the format of Pointless, regardless of outcome of the game, because we are playing with solo players and just four of them, we have them all invited back tomorrow to play again, because we are stripping this Monday through Friday. So it's the same four people played for five games, meaning every one of them can be a winner for the week, or one could clean house and get jackpot after jackpot. Or one could end up screwing up time after time after time, and then on Friday's show, the final ad- attempt to win the jackpot, they get to try and win and, and, and bank the money. Regardless of the outcome on Friday's episode, the money will still add 10000 to the next episode, so Monday's game with four new players, it could have 60000 or 70000 or 75000 The reason $10,000, it's game show minimum. But by having a carryover jackpot, it elicits a big money response, especially in the course of five games, which gives you that $50,000 because this is a half hour show and we're really going one category. It speeds up the game a lot. I feel bad because I do think having two pairs kind of gives it that like 21 vibe of there's two and it's all random. One could do very well on a quiz. One cannot. So one can pick up the slack and redeem themselves in the team, and then f- vice-versa in the next round. But if we're doing a solo game, you save yourself. Uh, it, it speeds up the game by a full pretty much half a game because you no longer have to have pairs of players. So you're only giving one answer per round. You got to think banter, answer is on the board. Banter, answer isn't on the board banter answer isn't on the board this is it we need it to be less than 32 banter answer isn't on the board and then you repeat the process for round two with three players and then you do it again in the head-to-head final and then you go to the final round because it's four act structure see what i did there four three two one just like the show and so that final act that big Bonus round moment on Pointless is the, alright, we're playing for $25,000 here. We're looking for either any person who has appeared on Dick Clark's New Year's Rockin' Eve to give a musical performance or songs from the K-pop group BTS. Which one are you more qualified for? Originally, I had an idea of six categories and it just gets tickered down so each episode eliminates one of the categories so Mon- like monday show you have six tuesdays five wednesdays four thursdays three friday you only have two but i figure just having two on the board is easier because then you could just switch it out so no one went with this one so next episode that's still on the board but here's the new category if you want to go for it because i honestly think this game show has potential between the Chase and Pointless, I am on Team Pointless. The Chase has a great bonus round in the fact of the final Chase. But when it comes to Pointless, Alexander Armstrong and Richard Osman is a great duo. Trying to play along and figuring out the answers, even though it's a slow burn to figure out like what's the answer. And it's a ticking do 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 It's still a more exciting... To me, that's more uh, exciting then the final chase because time and time again what i've seen is someone give a really great answer and i'm like they did it and then ticky tick, tick 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 one and then oh no because that means that one person out of 100 in 100 seconds came up with the most obscure answer oh that fucking sucks <laughs> i really don't know who to get for a host or the richard Osman seat uh, the, probably a game show producer would be in the Richard Osmond seat. I, I don't want to think of many. And then for the Alexander Armstrong role, I think it has to be like like a Daily Show kind of correspondent type. I'm not saying like get John Oliver or, or Wyatt Cenac or uh, Rob Cordery. But Rob Cordery might be a good fit for this show. Maybe like Jason Jones. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Jason Jones would be a good fit. Because you got to think like somebody who is a conversationalist. This is a conversation game show. It, it, it's one where the answers really don't matter. We're just kind of chatting. It's a banter show. But unlike most British game shows where the banter is just kind of just there for a comedy effect and amusement, this is kind of more like, a, that's a weird answer. That's Where did you come up with that? What is Larry Wilmore doing these days? Maybe he should do Pointless USA. Maybe that would be the guy. Because he knows how to keep it 100. That's the joke. Ever seen The Nightly Show? Of course not. It got canceled. Anyway, that's going to do it for for this episode. I like Pointless more than The Chase for a few reasons. One, it is a play-along factor. It's a casual vibe. A fun story that even though it, it drags because of the pairs and the talking out the answers... It has whimsy to it that makes it an enjoyable show that I can't stop watching when it comes on. While The Chase is definitely a game show for quiz fanatics, Pointless is about populism. You don't you want to go against the crowd in as much ways as possible by being the most clever person, which is what British game shows usually do. When you look at shows like Countdown, when you look at uh, shows like Catchphrase, they reward being clever. Taskmaster is about being clever. Pointless, you're trying to be obscure. You're trying to be clever. We're asking you name something. You're going not against the, the obvious. You're going for the obscure. That's clever. So for the show, it's rewarding being clever, which is really hard to find in most modern formats. Is it fully aspirational? No, you're not going to win life-changing amounts of money. However, there is something charming about this show that makes it stand out in a unique way. And to me, I think being unique is is more of a cool factor for a game show than trivia because on pointless, yes, you can know all the answers on the board. But you have to read people into thinking what's the most difficult question on the board that they do not know the answer to. Because in doing so, you get the least amount of points and you stay in the game. And if it's the Pointless one, the jackpot goes up. That's good for everybody. And that's why I celebrate Pointless, one of my favorite game shows. I was going to talk about it on the uh, public feed, but I decided against it because... Quite frankly, I felt that doing it with the chase and pairing up for Patreon was a much better response. That's why you're getting bonus episodes. I, I figure put these two up and we'll have and we'll call it a day. That's gonna do it for us here. Thank you so much for your Patreon contributions. Uh, please check out all the other non-game show videos I put up here on Patreon. And I'll see you next time with another great game show, I suppose. Big Smooch. MWAH!